As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Well, good morning and welcome to High Point. It is so good to see all of you in the house, those of us joining you, uh, those joining us online, grateful for you to be here as well. All right, I got a question. Begin with this. It's an easy one. I want to take it easy on you. How many would agree with me that prayer is really, 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 and everyone said? Really important. Would you agree? Come on, give me a hand raise or clap those hands. I was nervous about that. Just wasn't sure. But in all seriousness, prayer is important to our spiritual lives and to our growth and to our walk with God. And it's so critical. It's of utmost importance. But we don't believe in just the power of prayer. We believe in there's power in the God that we're praying to. Agree? But this is my question. If we're going to agree, don't just give me a golf clap. I could hear the people at home louder than I heard you guys. Agree? Yeah. Uh, all right, that, that's important. So we all agree about those things. But this is my next question. Think to yourself. What are the priorities of prayer? Like, what should we be praying for? Like, I'm all good for praying for direction and for Aunt Betty's hope to, uh, hangnail. But, but is that the most important thing? I, I lost my pad. I did that. Like, like, hold on. I, I'm in agreement with all those things. But what is it that's the most important and what's the most critical? If, if I'm going to focus my attention, I, I want to pray the things that Jesus prayed. And so that's where we're headed. So open your Bibles to John 17, please. If you don't have a Bible, you could grab one from a seat back nearest you, get on your electronic Bible, go old school with, like me, and open up your um, just regular Bible. But we're going to look at a prayer of Jesus. And this is Jesus' prayer of unity. If you're new, we're in a series on prayer, and we've been challenging our church about prayer. And we looked at a prayer of repentance. We looked at Jonah. Last week, we looked at Hannah, and we talked about a prayer of gratitude. Now, now, this one, it's almost like we should have started here, because this is like, if we're going to pray, this is ground zero. And again, not that these other things aren't important, these things that people are asking of you. Hey, you got to pray for the kids. We're getting started this week. Hey, pray for the teachers. Hey, pray. Well, what specifically should we pray for the teachers? That they'd give my kid an A. Well, that's good. But in all seriousness, what, what is it? And here, I've been here before. It's a, it's a well-worn passage in my Bible. And what I'm calling prayer priorities according to Jesus, I think these are the things that are, that are on his heart. Therefore, they need to be on our hearts. And so hang in there with me. Look at John 17. I'm going to ask you if you're able to stand with me because we've been doing that for this series and we've been standing for the reading God's word, not only as a sign of unity, so stand at home, please. And also, 
We're doing it as a reverence to God's word. Are we always going to do it, Pastor? I don't know. I just like to change things. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But then aren't we not giving reverence to God's word? Yes, we are. Are you with me? Hang in here, man. This is a long prayer. This is the longest recorded prayer from Jesus. And it's all about what he's praying for his inner circle. And, and so we ought to be praying it for our inner circle and beyond. So let's go ahead and, and again, hang with me. There's a lot here. When Jesus had spoken these words in verse one, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, here's the prayer. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Since you've given authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you've given him. And this is eternal life, that you would know, that they would know the only true God and Jesus Christ who you, God, have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Wow, I hope that's true of us. But that's why Jesus is praying. Look at verse 7. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I'm glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you've given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you've given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture may be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word, and your, the world has hated them because they are not of the world. And just as I am not of the world, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I am not. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I don't ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you. Father, are in me, and I in them, and they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you've given me, I've given to them, and they be one even as we are one. I am in them, and you in me, and that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Father... I desire that they also, whom you've given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, even the world, the world does not know you, I know you, and these know you that you have sent me. Make known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Father, we agree with this prayer. Would you help us to fully grasp it? Those of us who've been here before, those of us maybe who are coming here for the first time, may Jesus' heart be embedded in our hearts, 
that as he prayed for the people he loved, may we pray the same priorities. If you agree with that prayer, just simply say amen. amen. You may be seated. Praise God for his goodness and his grace. Is that not a great prayer? I mean, it's so rich. It's so filled. It's almost like, where do you begin? So many themes of oneness, and we'll get to it. But I want to give what I've pulled out as the priorities that I see. And so these are the prayer priorities according to Jesus. And so if he prayed them, I need to pray them. You need to pray them. We need to pray them. The first one is this. If you're a note taker, please write this down, and you'll see the uniqueness of the outline this morning. Pray for, insert someone's name's salvation. So right here, take the note page, look at it, get a person in your mind. Think of the person you've been praying for. Think of the person that maybe God's laying on your heart even in this moment that you need to pray for. Think of the person, how about this one, that you stopped praying for. How many people would be honest and say, yep, that happens. It's just like, oh, honesty is a zero in this church. <laughs> how many, isn't it true? Like sometimes we just lose, you know, like God, are you gonna do it? Like God, I've been asking. And, and for some of us, we've been praying for nine, 10 years for someone's salvation. And Jesus is saying, that's step one. That's ground zero. Now notice the context of this prayer is we look deeply into verse one. It says that Jesus prayed it and he said, Father, the hour has come. So within John, we can see that this is a really important time. What hour is he talking about? He's talking about his final hours. He's talking about his last 12 hours. He's talking about he was just in the upper room and now he's headed to the garden and he is about to face the greatest trial that I would say anyone's ever faced. His upcoming death on a cross that he didn't deserve. The persecution, the beating. And what's he doing? Isn't it true that sometimes we just kind of like to pray for ourselves because we're, we're going through a really hard time. And, you know, that person at work is talking behind my back. And I wish that I had another boss. And, well, what happened over here? And that church member saying this. And we, we pray for ourselves in the midst of the trial. Are, are you catching the picture? This is the greatest, most difficult situation of all time. And Jesus isn't praying for himself. He's praying for us. He's praying for those around him. He gets his eyes off self. I wish I could say that I did this more often. Are you with me? He gets his eyes off himself and his situation and his downfall and his difficulty and his, the demands that are on him. And he's just praying for the people he loves. And he says, Father, he says, glorify your son that your son may glorify you. So in the midst of this, God, would you lift me up so that I can lift you up? Anybody see the cross in that? That he's going to be lifted up. And, and he says, since you've given me authority to give eternal life to all you have given, and so he's praying as you look through this whole prayer, the longest prayer, he's praying for his disciples and he's praying eternal life. He mentions it two times in these opening verses. 
And he defines it for those who may be thinking, what exactly is eternal life? I mean, I, I kind of believe there's a life after. Well, he, look at verse three, underline it in your Bibles. It's awesome that he says, and this is eternal life. He answers the question that they may know you, God. There's only one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So if you want to be spiritual, if you have a friend that's spiritual, it's not about sitting in nature with the trees, although that's nice. You would know the only true God who did create all things and breathe life into you. And this prayer is seeded over and over again. Do you understand who Jesus is? Because I am of the Father, and I and the Father are one. And so salvation is the point of belief where you turn to Jesus in repentance and faith. So much theological truth. And, and what do you do? You embrace the gift of salvation, what he did. That's what he's praying for his disciples, that they would have a true understanding of what Jesus, who he is, and what he's done. I, I just... I can't get away from it. My heart's gripped by it. In the midst of his greatest trial, he's praying for us that we would know the only true God, that, that, that we would know him and the reality of why he was sent. So I've been doing this. I Hopefully you'll learn from me. I like to pray scripture and I like to learn from the prayers in the Bible. Hasn't this been a good series? We're looking at specific prayers. We looked at a, several in the Old Testament. Now we're in the New Testament with this great one. And so here's just a few things that I picked up from this prayer. Maybe that'll help you. Pray that you would do the work God wants. That, that's what Jesus did. He says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Now most of us, or some of us, what we do is we may think we're doing God's work, but are we? Is that what he wants you to do? Have you sought him early in the morning? That's awesome. And praying for others and praying that God would direct you to what he wants you to do for the day. How many would believe that would change your day? God, God, what do you want me to do and help me to respond? How about the second thing? Look what he says. Pray that you would share the name of God. I love the service today here in Naperville. It was just, I mean, I mean, having Judd here with us and committed, I, I don't know if we realize, I mean, such a gifted, talented guy who loves the Lord and, and worshiping. And for us to, and I always say this about our worship team, it's not about their gifts and their talents, it's about their heart for Jesus. And, and what did we do? We lifted the name, did you see it? And as I was standing back here, people lifting their hands, lifting the name of Jesus, glorifying him, that's the win. And Pray that you would glorify the name, pray that you would, you guys are getting way ahead of me and I'm lost. Where was I? I'm only on the second one. I know I'm taking a lot longer. This is the time when you look over at the sound booth and nobody's there. <laughs> Lord help us. Does anyone have any sound abilities in this section? Could you please go over there and find out what's happening? Craig, it's kind of, this is your day. You've been talking about serve teams. It's like, I'm not sending CJ, I'm sending you. All right, no, seriously, we're at, pray that you would, you would, this is the second, that you would share the name of God. And, and then... And then pray that someone would actually be in the sound booth in the next 30 seconds. Just kidding. Pray that they can do it from all over. I'm joking around. Pray, pray, that, pray that the third thing, let's put it, pray that others would see God in you. And so this is such a good thing, that, that people would recognize that what you're doing is what God's calling you to do, that they know that everything Jesus says you've given me is from you. Everything? 
Yeah. And then again, we're gonna move through these quick. Sorry, guys. Pray that your words would be God's word. This is my favorite part. And, and honestly, this is the thing. You know, I, I was called into ministry at 27 years old uh, when I got saved. And, it, and I, you know, I, I don't want to get overly emotional about it, but it still just wrenches, wrecks me. And, and I heard, I don't know if it was audible, but I was driving home in a car in Chicago from a funeral, and I heard, speak for me. And I don't know if it was the radio. I don't know what it was, but I'm telling you, I've committed my life to speaking for him. And, and, and it's just not, you know, on a platform. It's, it's in all the pulpits that you have with your family and your friends. And we pray that your words would be God's word, that, that people would recognize, for I've given them the words that you gave me and they have received them. How about this? We've got to keep moving. We've got more to go. Pray that others believe in Jesus as Savior and Lord as a result of your words, as a result of your work that the Lord has given to you. That's where Jesus goes. And so that they believe that you sent me that Jesus is not just some ordinary man, that Jesus is not just some great prophet. I mean, it's seated throughout this prayer. He is the son of God, and he was delivered, and he is seated right now through his death and his burial and his resurrection at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome. It's unbelievable. So I'm uh, driving, uh, I was in an Uber recently, this was last week, and, um, and so it was really funny. So, you know, I, I like to share, you know, like, I like to share as much as I can, and sometimes I get it right, sometimes I blow it, but I'm always praying for opportunities. And so this guy picks me up, he doesn't speak any English, but he speaks Russian. And so I'm like, I know a little Russian. So I say, Privyet. And then he's like, oh my goodness. And, the, and then he's, and he starts going a mile a minute. And I'm like, oh, this was a bad idea. And, and then I go, I go, and I'll, I'll teach you a little Russian right now. I go, horror show. And just think horror show. Horror show. And that means very good. And so he thought what I said, I didn't know what he said. It, it was very good. And so he keeps going. And so I'm trying to tell him I'm a pastor and a church and we're over here and, and this. And I'm thinking, and, and then, and so finally what I do is I dial up Alex Shadon, who's been a friend of mine for years, he picks up the phone, and I go, Alex, you got to help me with this guy. And so I think I'm sharing Jesus with this guy. And so they go back and forth, and I'm like, I'm kind of out of this conversation right now. And, and then what I did was, and then we, I get out, I gave a good tip, Christians, please, when you go to lunch in the area, they know where you're coming from. Just be gracious, goodness sake. Christians are the most miser, not generous people. Okay, so um, uh, that was a little harsh. Okay, so, so I get out of the car, and I, I'm like, Alex, what, what do we do? How do we do? And he goes, uh, Ron, he's a Muslim. Sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. God's at work praying for other people's salvation. How many times did I pray for that guy this week? Who, who can you pray for? Second thing, we've got five of them, is pray for, insert the person's name, literally do it. We're going to um, pray at the end. We've been saying in this series that we just don't want to teach and talk about prayer. We want to pray. So we're going to pray five or seven minutes. Don't get nervous. Five to seven minutes, we're going to pray together at the end of the service. Pastor Craig's going to lead us. And so we're going to pray some of these things. Pray for 
whoever it is, think of that person. Maybe God's putting them on your heart right now. Maybe it's a person you know or a person you're an acquaintance. Pray for their protection. And so it's interesting in this prayer, Jesus mentions three enemies. I believe they're the three enemies that every Christian faces. And so the first enemy that we see, he talks about the son of destruction in verse 12. And so the son of destruction, anybody know who that is? That's Judas. And so Judas is the one who did what? He sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. I mean, that's all happening right here. Jesus knows. And so the first enemy is the flesh. And the flesh is what got Judas. The spirit is what overtakes the flesh for you and me. We know this, right? There's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. And so who will have the victory? Who will be on top? That's why we go to church every week. Sometimes I don't think people realize this. We actually do this every Sunday. Every Sunday we're here. And we need to feed our spirit. And we feed our spirit in service. We've got some serve teams. We feed our spirit in our time with the Lord. We, we feed our spirit with fellowship with one another. And so we got to feed the spirit and not the flesh. Isn't it true it's too easy to feed the flesh? And so we feed the flesh a lot. And, and we feed the flesh constantly. And it, my, my, my fear is that we're feeding more of the flesh than the spirit. And that is the war. You say, I'm just not feeling any war. Maybe it's because you're feeding the flesh. Because if you're not feeling this, I would suggest that Houston, we have a problem. Because the flesh and the spirit are in battle. And, and so that's what we need. Pray for protection against the flesh. And so I want to give you, um, if you're taking notes or even on your phone, just write down three verses for these that you can pray. We wanna grow in praying scripture. If you're like me, I get very distracted very easily, and so pray scriptures for someone's protection. First one for the flesh is this. Pray, Galatians 5, pray that your friend would walk by the spirit and they would not gratify the desires of the flesh. See how we're using this? God, help me to walk by the spirit. Help my daughters to walk by the spirit. Uh, God, help my sons-in-law to walk in the spirit. Help, help us that we wouldn't gratify the desires of the flesh. For we know that the desires of the flesh, Lord, they're against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. And Lord, could you help me and our family? Lord, could you help me and our church? Lord, could you, could you fill this room with your spirit in such a way that, that as we know that they're opposed to each other, that you'd keep us from doing the things that you want to do? That, that's how we pray scripture. If you got it, give me a hand raise. But that's, it's just, it's just helpful. It causes your mind not to be distracted. Second enemy, the world. 18 times in 26 verses, he mentions the world. 18. I mean, it's just all over. And so he's not talking about the world three times in this verse. He's not talking about the planet. He's not talking about the people. He's talking about the philosophy of the world. And so we've got to pray against the world that that the philosophy would not take us and feed our spirit. Do you see how they connect? And, and so this is a great verse to pray, just helping us out with verses. Lord, would you help me not to love the world? Lord, would you help me not to love the things in the world? Lord, would you help me to understand that if I, if, if I love the world, then the, then you're, the love of you isn't in me. 
For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, Lord, which I have, the desires of the eyes, Lord, which I have, the pride of life, which too often comes through me, I know, Lord, and I confess to you today that it is not of the Father, it is not of you, it is from the world. And Lord, may I see with new eyes that the world is passing away. And let me not be fooled along with its desires that whoever does the will of God, Lord, that's my heart. I confess to you in this moment, I want to do your will. Is that helping anyone pray scripture? That, that's, you know, some of us, well, what do I do? What do I pray? Like, that's how we pray the scriptures. Third enemy. So we've got the flesh, we've got the world, and then you knew where this was going, we got the evil one. And so, you know, the evil one, it, it, Jesus mentions him in verse 15, and he's praying that they would be kept from the evil one. He's, do you see that he's praying for protection? And he wants them to be kept from the evil one. And, and so that's an enemy. So here's a verse that would help us to understand the evil one and to pray against the evil one taking hold of you because the evil one has three priorities. Um, deceive, divide, destroy. Deceive, father lies. That's what Jesus calls him. You know what? He's using that person that's saying all that stuff. Because they're not submitting to the spirit, they're submitting to the flesh. And sometimes he uses us as his mouthpiece. God, forgive us. And he wants to divide us with stupid things, with little things, with good things that he can use to divide. This person's doing that, that's what, confusion. Hey, God is not a God of confusion. He's gonna make things clear. And he uses it to destroy. That's his ultimate objective, is to destroy you and your family. And he, you know, in some ways, he's succeeding in our world. He's succeeding in a lot of areas. God, help us to be sober-minded. Help me to be watchful. Help me to understand that your adversary is my adversary, that he's almost, he's prowling around like a roaring lion seeking to devour, to divide, to destroy and, and Lord, he, he's looking for that loose brick even in our congregation. He's looking for that loose brick in the family that, that, that that's the one he goes after. And, and, and so, so these are the three enemies. So I don't know why somebody told me this, but recently I, I heard this as like some kind of saying or something. I'm not really exactly sure why somebody would tell it to me. But they said, hey, um, Ron, do you know that, um, do you know why grandkids and grandparents, they, they get along so well? I'm like, I have no idea. Why is it that grandkids and grandparents get along so well? And they said, because they have a common enemy. And I've walked into this. I said, who's the enemy? And they said, the parents. <laughs> Isn't it true? So, so listen, that, that's the enemy is the parents. So they're all like, yeah, you were united against them. Hey, we, we don't have an enemy. It's not each other. Our enemy is the flesh. Our enemy is the world. Our enemy is the devil. And so I hope that understands. So let's pray for protection, protection for the people around us. And, and the third thing is this, that we're gonna pray for, insert their name, their sanctification. And so biblical word, you know, one of the things we're committed to here, if you're new, joining us online, thanks for being here. Um, we like to define terms that Christians use that nobody understands. Anybody up for that? Like I remember when I was going to church and like, I don't even know what that means. That's just Christian jargon. I felt like there was all these secret handshakes that I'm part, not part of the club. And, and, and so I, I've never lost that. 
and I've been in the club a long time. Sometimes I've thought about not renewing my membership. Just kidding. But isn't it true? We, so what is sanctification? Salvation is about us coming to know God through his son, and sanctification is to become like God. Whoa, I could become a God? No, to become like God, sanctification, holiness. It's a term that means to be like Jesus in character and conduct. And, and theologians tell us that it's progressive in nature, meaning it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. And so, so pray for sanctification. And, and that's where Jesus goes next. He says in verse 17 through 19, he says, sanctify them in truth, your word is truth. So sanctify is to separate for God's purposes, for God's plan, for God's objectives, that we would be separated, he's praying that from the world, that we would be set apart, how? Through the word. So that's why, you know, the Bible is so important through God's word. Jesus was God's word incarnated. I mean, he was here. And so, so we want to pray his word is truth. That's why we spend so much time in the Bible. That's why you need to spend time in the Bible. Well, I don't understand it. It's a very difficult book. I understand that, but we need to spend time in it. And the Bible's the only book where the author actually helps you to understand it. It's like he's with you, and he's helping you through the Holy Spirit. And, and so I love this. Thy word is truth. I want to sanctify them in truth. And so I joked around in the summer. Maybe you weren't here, um, but, but uh, I'll, I'll do it again. So we don't do these kinds of sermons at High Point. We don't do skyscraper sermons. Do you know what skyscraper sermons are? Story upon story upon story upon story on story. We don't do 411 sermons. You know what 411 sermons are? 411 are all information, no application. All the word studies, all the context, all the Greek words, all the Hebrew words. Oh, I'm a scholar coming out. No application. I believe in 911 sermons. Anybody? This is an emergency, and I need you right now, God. We don't do tip of the hat sermons where we just tip the hat to a, tr a truth or attach a scripture to something I want to discuss. We don't do, for, sorry for offending you, we don't do vegan sermons. We just don't do it because we like meat. Is anybody with me? If you're really a Christian, you like meat. I'm just saying, I, I'm joking around, you know, I've tried it and then I went back. Um, but but, but we, the meat is the word, and it's simply an illustration. It's not the vegetable, although that's very satisfying at times. But the meat of God's word, and the meat and potatoes, and we're a very simple church. And so we're committed to expositional preaching, that we would walk through the Bible, and that we would, we would study a passage. We'll study a book come this fall. I won't tell you which one. Read all of them <laughs> by September. No, but, but we're excited about it. We want to walk through a book of the Bible. And even, you know, topical. There's expositional topical preaching where we're just looking at one passage and pulling it out. So understand? And, and so it's because your word is truth. And so I'm thankful for all those that stand at the podium, at the platform, uh, throughout all their locations. And we're united. We do the same message. So we're doing the same message in Monmouth, uh, our location today. We're doing the same message in Wheaton, um, I'm late, I'll be there in 25 minutes, stay away from me in the car. Um, and, and so we do the same scriptures and the same passages and the same outline with different expression from each of the location pastors that preach. I'm thankful for Pastor Craig preaching here at this location. I mean, we're committed to God's truth. 
And I, you know, I'm thankful Adam's sitting here. He's committed to God's truth in our student ministries. All of our ministries, we want the truth because we want to sanctify people in truth. Two more. Remember, this is the priorities. Again, it's okay to pray for um, that, that, you know, whatever it is, that difficulty or that circumstance or that change. Just, just make sure we don't miss these five things. And the, the next one is that pray for the person's witness. And so you're praying for their sanctification, their salvation, their protection, and th- then their witness. And, and here's where we're just going to, you know, we're going to dig deep right now. And so their witness is, you know, how they conduct themselves because people are watching you. You may be the only Jesus that people see. That, that what? That how do you respond? And if you respond differently and, and somebody says, man, I just don't know. There's something different about that person. And, and that's like, that's like gold. That, that's what we want to see. And so Jesus prays for unity that they would be united, and so that they would be united in truth, that they would be reunited in witness. And so I want to give you some things. Let's take a look at what he says in these verses because he prays specifically how we can be united to have a great witness. And so we need to be united in the name of Jesus. We've already talked about that. But that, so that the world may believe that you have sent me, Jesus says. We are to be united, these are coming quick, in the glory of Jesus. In the glory is the manifestation of Jesus, that, that to glory is to show off. We talked about glory even in the worship set this morning. The glory that you've given me that I, that I want others to see. We're united in the mission of Jesus, amen? Like that's where we're going. We, we want to be united in mission. And so when you exit the services, there's all kinds of serve teams that, that are serving God in communities and different places and over in Stateville and at the penitentiary and in small groups. We want missional small groups in our church that, that, that united in the mission of Jesus that, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as, as, as you loved me. We're to be united not only in the mission but the deity of Jesus. This is his supremacy. This is the fact that Jesus is God, that Jesus is 100% God. Jesus is 100% man. And, and because he was around since the foundation of the world, he is God. We're united, not only in the deity, but lastly, the love of Jesus. That the love with which you, God, have loved me, Jesus is saying, he's praying, may be in them and I in them. This is a wonderful prayer. Go back to verse 20. Look in your Bibles at verse 20. Best part. Literally, best part. I do not ask for these only, his guys, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Who's he talking about? Point your neighbor and say you. I I mean, now point yourself and say me. I, I mean, he's praying for us. This is not just a prayer that's for somebody else. This is Jesus praying for you and for me. I, I love that part. Might be the most significant thing is that Jesus prayed for you before he went to the cross because his cross is the ultimate expression of God's love that we can be united to know God. To know God is to know the only true God and to understand that Jesus is his son who was sent to pay the penalty of my sin. That's the gospel. Okay, so last one is this. Going to invite the worship team. They're all prowling in the back. Let's invite them back up here. Oh, we have two people at the sound booth. Let's just applaud them. Um, 
donut run, coffee? Like, what, what's going on here? You know, is it, is, is, see, I'm telling you, Judd, it's a good place to be. I hope you were just not having donuts somewhere, but come on, let's get in here. Come on. Okay, so now this is the most important part of the message because it's going to be about us. So the next five to seven minutes are going to be prayer. Some people are going to be like, this is the most awesome thing. Let's do this all the time. And then other people are scared. And you're like, what do you mean? Who are we praying for? Well, we're going to do it. We're going to go, just trust me. We're not going to go crazy here. Although the ushers are locking the doors so you can't leave. We're just going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to pray amongst yourself and amongst your family. And if you're comfortable in some groups. So let's get the last thing. Pray for insert your friend's name. I hope by now God has laid a person's name on your heart. Maybe it's been several, but pray for joy. And so let's go back into the prayer. Jesus says in verse 13, he prays that his joy may be fulfilled in them. So you're going to pray for their joy. And so what I'm going to ask you to do now is I'm just going to put the outline on and we're just going to go right into prayer. And the worship team's going to play. We're going to do a little worship. We're going to pray. And so I want you to think about the person and then let's pray. Use this outline as a prompt for you to insert. So now it's just individually, just you and God. Just, just pray these five things. And pray for that person that God has laid on your heart. And then we're going to continue to pray together. So begin now. I pray for your Holy Spirit to fall in this place. Lord, let us lift up the people around us first and foremost before we think about our own needs. Pray silently in your heart.